Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to From Complex to Queens, Amazing Evans Minor League Podcast. I am Steve Seiper, and I'm joined this week by Lucas Vlahos, Ken Levin, and Thomas Henderson. So how is everybody doing this weekend? Good, good. I'm doing all right. Right before we started, I was playing Ark, and I forgot to whistle my Griffin passive, and it killed a level 120 Allosaurus that I wanted. So now I'm sad. Other than that, (laughs) though, I'm fine. Well, I don't really know what much of that means, but I hate when Allosaurus die, so that's... Yeah, I mean, Allosaurus is the best dino. T-Rex overrated. Allosaurus, good dino. I agree with that. Um, no one had their fingers blown off in uh, fireworks mishaps. Not this year. <laughs> right, Not this good. year. <laughs> I, I don't know if any of you guys live in or around Manhattan, but it was really fucking popping off here around yeah. like nine. Nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, like I went. I'm like, hey, the fireworks aren't too bad. I can go walk the dog right now. And like two blocks away from the apartment, people just went nuts. And she she's not really bad with the fireworks, but it was still like okay. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it. basically everybody had like professional grade fireworks, and yeah. Yeah. it was pretty crazy. But yeah, Fourth of July, America, woo! Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, so in honor of that, what are we going to promote, extend, or trade 
of these following gratuitously over-the-top patriotic scenes. Oh, in God. <laughs> so first we have the scene from The Patriot where Mel Brooks uses the American flag like a pike and he kills the British commander's horse in their final battle. <laughs> the next uh, one, we have the ending scene from Spider-Man where he swings and he lands on the Empire State Building and then the dramatic American flag starts waving behind him. Which Spider-Man is this? I think it's the first one. With, yeah, I think, uh, Tobey Maguire. I yeah. think that's a Tobey Maguire. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. It is a. It is one of the Tobey Maguire ones. Right, but I'm right. pretty sure it's the first. So just saying the first Spider-Man doesn't mean anything. Yeah, at this there's point. four. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> Very true. And the last one is the scene in Street Fighter where Guile confronts M. Bison in their final battle, and he takes off his shirt and flexes, and the camera zooms in on the American flag tattoo that he has. I've never seen this movie, actually, so... That's a shame. It's a great piece of cinema, as I'm Uh saying. Uh-huh. It really sounds like (laughs) it, based off this one scene, man. Mm -hmm. It's got to be flexing. Flexing with him. (laughs) That tattoo is just like... Chris flexing? (laughs) Chris Chris flex. yes, he's the most... I'm going to get Chris flexing on the line. He needs to go get an American flag tattoo ASAP. (laughs) I I want that to be his only tattoo, also. Just Uh like... Like poorly placed in like some part uh, of your arm that it doesn't really make sense. Somehow just, like not not correctly aligned, so it's always slanted some one way or the other. It's it's oh. it's, it's already faded from the sun, even though he just got it. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Flexen, get an American flag tattoo and come on the show. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, extend the Mel Brooks one. Promote. Uh, uh, I already forgot the other option, honestly. On my head, I'm out. I'm out of it. And then I'm trading the Street Fighter one because I've never seen it. I guess that surprises me, being a, a video game person. See, I've never been really into those fighting games, and also like every time uh, they try to do a video game movie, it's just a disaster. Oh yes. Well, yes. Well, that's kind They're of. All the, bad. I mean, the Street Fighter movie and the Mortal Kombat movie Mortal Kombat, are, are yeah, yeah, yeah. classics. You guys ever see the the Doom movie with The Rock? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's real bad. It's mm-hmm. something. It, it's a film that exists. Yes, <laughs> it's there. Now, I was very actually disappointed when I was like looking up all these patriotic things because if you guys remember from The Simpsons, they had a parody of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yeah, and and in, in you know when Homer is making the greatest movie ever, and he like uses the American flag to impale, you know, the Speaker of the House in in mm-hmm. his version, <laughs> and unfortunately that did not actually happen in the real version of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Which no, very it's, sad. it's much less gory, you know, like mm-hmm. this kind of ends with him passing out after a filibuster. No, yeah, no, it's like uh, a, a thirteen-minute filibuster scene, which is. Not that. I mean, dramatic. Ted Cruz went like six hours reading Doctor Seuss. I mean, <laughs> I wish someone would impale him with the American flag. Gee, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> I agree with that sentiment, though. Like I mean, said. you know, he's the Zodiac killer, so gotta right, stop. right. No, his dad's the Zodiac killer. Right. Got to stop. Uh, Got to stop the serial killers. Uh-huh. So, so Ted Cruz, don't come on the show. No, no. <laughs> Chris Flexen, yes. Ted Cruz, no. I feel like that's a good policy in life. Uh-huh. All right. Um, 
On the top, on the final note on the, our lackluster enthusiasm for this holiday, did you guys see the, see the nihilist Arby's tweet from yesterday? Oh, I no, not. I missed it. Whether you're crying about having to wear a mask in a store, stuck inside hiding because you're terrified of any number of things, out on the street, street shooting off illegal fireworks, or just simply being murdered by, <laughs> by the police, please remember America is a country that exists. Eat Arby's. <laughs> it is indeed a country that exists. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's the single greatest Twitter account in existence. They're definitely, uh, woke. All right. Um, to some Asian League updates now. The Union Lions went two and three, and they're twenty three and thirty one for the season. Hitter of the week was the indomitable Anlin Ko once again, and he went six for seventeen with two homers, two RBI, four walks, four strikeouts, and a stolen base. And the pitcher of the week, who was also the pitcher of the week last week, is Logan Darnell. And he pitched what definitely was his uh, best game in the league so far. He went six-plus innings and allowed two runs on six hits. He didn't walk anybody, and he struck out seven. Moving over to Korea now, the LG Twins, they went two and four on the week. And they're, uh, they are continuing their, their very Metzian midseason fade. And they are 28 and 24 on the season now. So a couple more losses and they're going to be at 500. Yeah. Uh, hit of the week is Hunsu Kim, who everyone should be familiar with. And he went six for 25 with a double, two homers, seven RBI and three strikeouts. And the pitcher of the week is Chen Gyu Lim. Uh, he is a veteran swingman who was pitcher of the week a couple of weeks ago. He threw seven scoreless innings. He allowed three hits. He walked one, and he struck out eight. And going over to Japan now, the Occult Swallows went three and two, and they are seven and six on the year. So another team that is hovering around 500. Hitter of the week uh, is not Tetsu Yamada again. Instead, That's a it's, surprise. Yeah, yeah, it's Naomichi Nishiura. And he went 5 for 15 with a double, four homers, seven RBI, two walks, and five strikeouts. Oh, strikeout or homer, basically. Yeah. Good. Good week. <laughs> Adam Dunn. Uh, yes, Adam Dunn. Well, this guy's like, I mean, he had a pretty good week, but he's about as opposite of Adam Dunn as you can be. <laughs> uh, he was drafted by the Swallows in 2013. Uh, he's the second round pick. And he was their starting shortstop the very next year. But things didn't go particularly well for him. And he got demoted to the minors uh, about a month or so after the season started. And that's kind of been the situation for his entire career. Um, in the first couple of years, uh, in his first couple of professional years, he kind of bounced up and down because he wasn't really hitting that well. Um, when he finally did prove himself uh, and kind of showed that he belonged on major league roster. He was used mainly as a bench guy. And then because of injuries and free agent departures and things like that, uh, when he finally showed that he could be a halfway decent starter, he got injured and he missed some time. So his career has kind of been bad luck and it's been start and go. Um, defensively, he's, he's a solid shortstop, but 
he's a career 241, 314, 358 hitter, so that doesn't really cut it. And all, is, all I'm hearing is Adam Dunn as a starting shortstop. That's yes. the only thing I've got from this description. Now. Good enough. Um, and now the pitcher of the week, and it wasn't really a good week for your Colts pitchers, is Taishi Ishiyama, who is their closer. Uh, he pitched three innings in total. He allowed two runs on four hits. He walked two, and he struck out six. Uh, Ishiyama, he was their first draft selection in 2012. Originally, the Swallows put in a draft claim for Shintaro Fujinami, who is a considerably better pitcher, but the Tigers won that lotto, and they got to draft him, so Swallows went with Ishiyama instead. And they drafted him from Yamaha, which is the actual you know, Yamaha company. He was playing on their industrial league team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scouts saw him. They thought he was the best pitcher in the industrial leagues, and they picked him with their first round pick. Uh, it seems on its on its face a very Eddie Kuntz pick, <laughs> but he's been a lot better than Eddie Kuntz at least. Um, he was solid in his first year. He had a 2.87 ERA in 58 uh, and the third innings. Okay, peripherals. Next couple of years, he kind of went back and forth between the starting rotation and the bullpen, um, basically as the team needed. Uh, he performed pretty well at both jobs. He missed the 2016 season because of an elbow injury. Uh, he came back 2017, though, and he was basically used exclusively as a reliever, and he was a lot better in that capacity. Uh, he was made their closer in 2018, and he saved 35 games. He had a 208 ERA, so not bad. 2019, uh, he hurt. He, he got hurt again, so he only saved 10 games, but he posted a 273 ERA, so again, pretty solid. Um. Outside of that, he's a, he's a pretty standard uh, Japanese pitcher. You know, he incorporates that hesitation into his mechanics. Fastball hovers around like 90. Uh, a wide variety of uh, secondary pitches, a slider, a curveball, forkball, just kind of a kitchen sink uh, arsenal. But when everyone else pitches poorly, I guess that's what happens, and your closer becomes pitcher yeah. of the week. Very, very messy in that the Eddie Coons equivalent is the pitcher of the week as well, right? Like yeah. some no-name random dude because you saw you have only three good players on the roster. They all had bad weeks, <laughs> and then all the depth you built up is actually bad. Yeah, Metsy. Yep. I don't know why we picked. Honestly, we should have picked just the best teams. See, in the I was going to ask you, like, we we had a chance here to to root for some actually successful teams. Why why have you just uh, locked us into more Metsian purgatory here? Do we actually do? Does this mean like we subconsciously enjoy suffering? Yeah, I was going to say. I think yes. we just hate ourselves. Yeah, basically, <laughs> that's the answer to that I, question. I, I think I enjoy suffering, like consciously. Oh, okay. <laughs> Being a Mets fan. <laughs> Jesus. We could all walk away at any point, and yet we're still here, so... Can, a lot see, of that yeah, that's what I always ask myself, but then I think, could I actually walk away? Could I make myself stop caring about the Mets? I don't know that I could at this oh, point. I know I could. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I mean, there are things that, like, I, like websites that I used to, like, go on message boards or were, you know, visited all the time, things like that, that I kind of, like, stopped doing, and especially now... With quarantine and everything, I found myself back on these places, so it's like I can't, you know, I can't escape things that I like, even if I try. 
I mean, hell, we live in a city with objectively the most successful baseball franchise in in history, and we root for the Mets instead. We root for <laughs> the other one. The other, the one that's towards the bottom of that list. Yeah, but it's... when they win, it's awesome. So yes, but they well, don't you mean it will much. be awesome because yeah. uh, when they're good, I should say, not when they win. Yeah. Thirty-four well. years and counting. <laughs> Yeah, spring training, uh, not spring training, that could be calling it. Summer, summer camp. camp. Summer camp, summer you know, camp. might be our chance. Summer camp 2020. Hey, it's gonna, I, I'm, I'm gonna be so depressed if this is the year they're finally good enough to win it. Like, I'm not gonna count, I, I'm one of those people who just won't, won't think it's real. Uh, <laughs> if so, they win, it's gonna be real to me, damn it. Yeah, no, <laughs> if, if they win, it's the most real thing in the world. If they don't, then it's completely, doesn't count for anything. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> if I don't they know win, if I, I could turn like... off my uh, uh my uh, I don't know what the word is for for uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. And we all yep. know what's gonna happen. They're all gonna half the team is gonna get coronavirus, and then they're gonna just be like a five hundred. Only half. Yeah. They're gonna play slightly subpar. Little less than 500 baseball. They're gonna get the 17th draft pick. And yeah, that's <laughs> you know. Melky Cabrera is gonna get two starts a week at DH, even right. with Dom Alonso, uh, 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 JD Davis and Cespedes on the roster. You know, it's, it's shit like this. Yeah. When you have a stud like Melky Cabrera, <laughs> they're already given him. They, they've already given him a first baseman's mitt. And was like, <laughs> we gonna have him try out there for a little bit, so that'll be fun. Why? That makes so. They already have. I know they have two basemen. They have three of them at least. <laughs> Why do we have Melky Cabrera? <laughs> a lot of teams have asked themselves that, and I don't know. Is, is there ever a, a? I mean, it is the Mets, so it could always happen where Davis. Dom and Alonzo all get hurt because that'd be very Metzian. But barring that, is there any reason why Cabrera should, Melky should ever see the field? I can't come up with a good reason. Uh, because well, there's the one. <laughs> because the Mets outfield depth after the major league starters is basically. All right, let me rephrase that. Is there any reason Melky should be on the field at first or DHing? No. 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 <laughs> Who would rather see Tebow or Melky? Tebow. <laughs> this could be a spectacle. I've oh, always no. liked Melky a little bit, so Melky. Like Melky was one of those dudes that I always enjoyed from afar. So I'm fine with him. Like I'm mm. fine with him as a fifth outfielder type because like they desperately needed another one. Yeah, um, outfield depth is not the Mets' specialty. It's, it's literally non-existent. Like Tebow might be the the closest to the majors. Like we joke no. about it, but <laughs> yeah, no, he is. Like, <laughs> well, I was actually I was ri- doing the write up for uh, Janusi uh, Fargus, and oh, he yeah. actually he actually seems interesting to me as that fifth outfield type. Like, obviously, a very different player than Melky. Probably can't hit it all, but like, dude's got high end center field defense and steals 50 bags a year in the minors like it's probably a 60 weighted runs created plus at the major league level or worse but the defense and speed is fun 
Yeah, you're just getting it in a different way because, like, I was I looked up Melky after he signed, and like his WAR is like negative because he gets to play defense all year. Yeah, exactly. But like, but like he was like a above average hitter for two months last year. So you could kind of squint and see maybe in a 60 game season he could have a good 60 games and hit. You know what I mean? But like, mm-hmm. like, and then that's where the DH comes in if you want to use him that way. But also like. I'd rather just have Dom or Cespedes if he's healthy or JD or whoever DH over him. Right. Like, like he's well, so far down the totem pole. That. That, that's why the signing's so strange, right? Like, it's – you don't want you, – you do not want Melky playing defense. And if that's oh, yeah. the case, wh- why, are you, why are you signing him? Because we have four DH candidates already who are all better than he is. Mm. Yeah. It's – it's it's like he's the type of guy that I don't mind signing in a weird season like this, but it's definitely flawed. I'm not saying it's like the perfect signing. Yay, like put like put Brody in the Hall of Fame for it. Like it's just whatever. It's one of those things that I'm. It's going to affect the season if it if it happens way less than I think we expect. Right. Well, at least we have this week one player signing that probably um, is not reason to lull Mets. Uh, on July 2nd, what should have been the beginning of the 2020 to 21 international signing period, they signed a, a kid out of Venezuela, a uh, 21-year-old right-hander, Richard Brito. And because oh, yeah. Major League Baseball postponed the signing period till um, January, he technically counts against their 2019 to 2020 pool. So in addition now to Alexander Ramirez... Eric Santana, uh, Urel Martinez, Victor Gonzalez, Junior Tillian, Ismael Monegro, Robert Dominguez, uh, Justin Almonte. Now we could add Richard Brito to that mix. All of, all of whom come out to about $3.5 million or so. So that just goes to show the, the disparity of payment between domestic draftees and international free agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brito specifically, he signed for $40,000, which is on the low end of things. Um, he is 21, so that is, does not work in his favor. A uh, 21-year-old Dominican player is very Venezuela? old. Isn't he Venezuelan? Uh, yeah, excuse me, Venezuelan. But a, a 21-year-old international player is, That's interesting. is very old. But what makes him what makes it a noteworthy signing is the fact that he can throw 100 miles an hour. Um, there are mm-hmm. videos of him hitting it with a radar gun, so it's not like the whole weird uh, Simeon Woods Richardson situation yeah. where no one had any independent verification of him hitting 100 supposedly, but he did. But I mean, even if if the you know the the videos of him hitting 100 are on his scouting videos, his workout videos, not really sure what to call it, so. Even if the the gun wasn't calibrated right on purpose to jack up the velocity, he could still throw in the upper 90s minimum. So, you know, 97, 100, you know, it's kind of the same. Um, But I don't know. I I am not going to be um, throwing him on the top 25 list. (laughs) It's someone who's interesting, though. um, Unlike a guy like Robert Dominguez, who you could make the case. But... um, you know, uh, Brito, no. I think that he has two things working against him that are kind of major issues. One is the fact that he is 21, so it is pretty old and has no uh, real organized experience, organized baseball experience. 
And two is the fact that you could throw 100 all you want, but if you can't use that velocity properly, it doesn't really matter. Um, in the, in the videos of, of him, you know, it wasn't like an in-game situation or anything. He was just kind of fooling around, but he wasn't hitting his spots. And, you know, if, if you throw 100 miles an hour, that's super, but if you're throwing wildly, then it doesn't matter if you're throwing 100 or if you're throwing 80. I mean, hell, even if you're hitting your spots, if you're throwing a straight 100, it's not going to yeah. do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Michael Otanez. Great example. <laughs> he was with Brooklyn last year. He, he throws like 97, 98, whatever. Throws hard. One of the hardest fastballs in the system, but command is spotty at best. And that's kind of all he does is just throw a fastball. And, like, especially now, like, obviously Captain Obvious, but especially now, 100 is, like, I don't want to say it's whatever, but, like, so many people throw hard now. <laughs> like, right. It's... Like, that's, like, the, like, 100 is a little rarer than, like, 97, 96, but, like, Jacob Rame throws 96, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> like, like almost everyone, if you're going to be a, a viable pitcher at any professional level, has to throw at least in the upper 90s. So, like... Like, 95 on a slider makes you a middle reliever. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, and I mean, I would sign a dude like this, like, a 21-year-old kid for not a lot of money. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> go absolutely. Go, maybe if if you figure it out and you can fly up the system as a reliever, kudos. But, like, it's it, it, he's one of those dudes that I'm going to keep an eye on while I'm, like, paying attention to the minors. But also, like, I'm not reining him either. You know, I'm not putting him on a, on a list. It's very, it's very Gerson Bautista to me. But he threw even harder, right? He threw, like, a, like a little over 100, yeah, like he, he right? Could, but but he also like had no control and the fastball was actually pretty straight and yeah he's actually bad <laughs> yeah well yeah um definitely a guy to just kind of say oh cool but anyone that's like going crazy about the signing eh, maybe think about it for a second didn't they also I'm trying to remember the last didn't they also sign Montero as a pretty I mean and obviously. Montero didn't totally work out. But like, he's had a, a major league time. He's a mop-up guy. Like, that's something. Didn't they sign him as a 20-year-old, like an older free agent as well? I don't remember the age, but he was signed maybe? for, yeah, not, not for no, a lot of it, money, and he wasn't considered, like, a, a heralded prospect or anything like that. It says it on on his Wikipedia. It says nearing his 21st birthday as he signed. So oh, wow. Also pretty close, actually. I've had success with this in the past. Again, like obviously, Montero I mean, he was good last year. Yeah, for the for the Rangers, right? Yeah, he was a good yeah. reliever for them last year, an unironically good reliever. Like, yeah. so like if that's if that's his future, then that's a good outcome for a 21 year old international free agent when that's much at much later than normal. I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm so shocked by the fact that a, a guy the Mets organization shit on when he was hurt for faking it or whatever went on yeah, to have right. success somewhere else. <laughs> also, the Mets could use a reliever. Like oh, that. no kidding! <laughs> yeah, as I as I hit submit on my Hunter Strickland season preview. Yes, <laughs> Rafael Montero would be useful right now. Wouldn't be the only one, unfortunately. You could probably make a pretty good team out of guys that the Mets would just kind of let go. Or guys they've had to trade away because they don't build depth. Like, like having yeah. John Gant right now would be nice, but mm-hmm. yeah. you kind of needed Uribe and, and uh, Kelly Johnson in the moment. 
Yeah, it's not a great track record, I'm, unfortunately. I'm a little more fine with something like that when you're pushing for the playoffs or the World Series. No, I mean, I don't, I like, of course, like, I don't, I'm not bashing that trade. No, yeah, yeah. But the fact it's that, just, no, I, I know they, that you could have signed those bench bats in the offseason, right? Like, yes. but they don't because they're the Mets. Yeah. We'll just trade for them later as a way to deplete your miners real quick. And then mm-hmm. here, here we are. Great plan. <laughs> Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full worth by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Um, so minor league baseball put out a statement the other day. I will read it verbatim. Quote: Major league baseball has informed minor league baseball that they will they will that it will not be providing its affiliated minor league teams with players for the 2020 season. As a result, there will not be a minor league season. There will not be a minor league baseball season in 2020. These are unprecedented times for our country and our organization as this is the first time in our history that we've had a summer without minor league baseball played. While this is a sad day for many, this announcement removes the uncertainty surrounding the 2020 season, and it allows our teams to begin planning for an exciting 2021 season. So, I mean, we knew it was a foregone conclusion months ago, just because the logistics of getting people safely into the stadium and then safely out of the stadiums, you know, just wouldn't work. But... It sucks to see it in writing, you know. Yeah, it's like you—it's like you know you're failing a class, but until you actually see the F, <laughs> you know, there's, like, there's always a chance. It's like you—you know your bank account's like close to yeah. the red, but as long as you don't check it, it's okay. Exactly. I—I I never, whenever it gives me the option of seeing a printout of my receipt, I never take it because I don't want to look at the numbers. Uh huh. <laughs> um, but you know, could there have been a minor league season? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, for as hard as it, as it, it's been to figure out how to do a major league season, it would have been even harder to figure out how to do minor league season. You know, budgets. Like, like, without this becoming a political podcast, uh, I don't think there's any way you can successfully do minor league baseball, given how our the country has responded to COVID. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just not can... viable. You can, I mean, it, it, there there are ways to do it with like the major league teams, but obviously they have resources that are far, far, far more with uh, you know regards to money that minor league teams have. the The budgets for these uh, teams are usually <laughs> very, <Small>. very slim, <laughs> and just everything, everything, for lack of better words, is just like it's just like on a more schlocky scale than things on the major league level. But to add icing to this shitty cake, 
40 teams are still being contracted. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about two, you know, of, of the teams that are in the Mets, uh, sphere of influence here, uh, Kingsport Mets and the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. And basically, instead of getting a last hurrah, they're just going out with a little and yeah. as, as a fan, it's like unfair, but all those people out there that work for the teams and we're dependent on them for whatever. I mean, for me, it's just like an emotional thing, but for so many people out there, not just in Kingsport and Binghamton, but across the whole country, it, it, it's, you know, people relied on those jobs for their main wages. People relied on those jobs for just, you know, extra cash on the side. Um, businesses got boosts from sponsorships and billboards and things like that. Actual businesses got, you know, well, excuse me, businesses got actual business like laundry mats and, and food vendors, you know, people that were kind of associated on the periphery with the teams. They got actual business. And, you know, it's just such a bad situation. It's just a, such a, a bad, like, chain reaction of, of horrible situation after horrible situation. And the no. thing that sucks is, like, if Major League Baseball wanted to, they could definitely not contract 40 teams. But mm-hmm. they're, but they're, like, they're they're using this as an, as, an, as an excuse to be like, oh, yes, this is the plan we want to do all along. Do it now. Like, we have to contract the teams now because, quote, unquote, they're, they're going to be totally screwed financially. And, like, on their own, they will be. Like, you're right. Like, a team probably can't survive. Not having a season, a minor league team probably can't survive not having a season like a major league team can for millions of reasons. But like, major league baseball could definitely be like, no, Binghamton, here's some money, you can survive until next year now. But they just don't want to. So like, it it doubly yep. sucks. Like you know, it, it's basically like a page out of Mr. Burns playbook. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of these buttons restores power to the entire city. The other <laughs> releases the hounds. Pretty much, that is that is Manfred. I mean, I mean it? It, it sucked that they wanted to do this before coronavirus and everything. Yeah. But then to like basically take advantage of a worldwide pandemic calamity. Like I don't know, you have to be a really scummy person and or persons to just kind of be like yeah sure let's just go along with that Mm. because like you said it's not it was not something written in stone that these teams had to be contracted in 2020 and baseball you know they're they're claiming poverty but each individual organization and major league baseball as a whole is flush in cash and it doesn't take that much money to to give a loan or however they want to divvy out some money to the teams that are going to be contracted and are facing financial hardship to just kind of keep them around for one more season to let them actually have a goodbye year, you know? And yeah, I mean, it just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense from a, um, financial point of view from them. But uh, it's just stupid. I just don't really know. Like, I don't really get the logic behind uh, taking teams away anyway. Like, it's hurting your own organizations because there's less teams now and there's less chances for finding new players, like I've said before. And it's just like, I don't know. I would rather have more teams than less. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, would, it, 
Like I don't I don't really understand who's what the Binghamton Rumble Ponies are hurt who's hurting who they're hurting by existing in Binghamton, New York. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't make sense to me. If 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 they can find a way to save three more million dollars, then they're gonna do it. I know, you know? but it's just that's really immediate what it is. short. It's immediate short term gain at the expense of the long term picture. Yeah, I mean, I believe it was. Who was it? I think it was Eno Cyrus who wrote an article. This is a while ago, but basically analyzing how cutting out a large chunk of the pool of players, even though, you know, most of these guys end up being filler that don't really actually graduate from the minor leagues, or if they do, they just kind of have marginal roles. But by doing that, you're, you're lowering the competitive level of baseball as a whole and you're having a lesser product as a result yeah Mm. it's gonna hurt the game in the long run i think oh yeah definitely on uh, for how many people drop out who have to because like if jeff mcneil might have never made it because he was out for like a calendar year with his hip injury and if you have less minor league teams then he might not stick around because you might cut a guy who has an injury like that you know and it's just I don't know. I don't get the logic behind it outside of it saves you pennies comparatively for what you are worth as a major league baseball organization. I mean at the same time if 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 the if the owners and Manfred's actions over the past 3 months have indic- told, told us anything it's that they could not care less about the or, or they didn't the long-term health of the game is not something they care about at yeah, all. Yeah, I no. I agree with that. It, they've shown that time and time again that that's not what any of the owners are in here are in for. Like, nope. <laughs> it's so it's so weird. They don't care about baseball. I don't think. But <laughs> here we are. Like, see, it, it's it's unfortunate because I think it is a indicative of a problem that is more societal than just baseball. But it's like I don't know. It's just baseball has become too corporate it's not like this happened just overnight i mean it's been oh, happening yeah. since you know leading up since like the late 70s 80s whatever and you know it, it sucks because i feel like minor league baseball is more of like a truer version of baseball because it is less flush with cash you know like you can go to a cyclones game or a trenton thunder game or whoever and get seats behind home plate for like 10 15 bucks yeah how much is a a ticket behind home at city field cost like a hundred times that like a thousand dollars i've never sat there no (laughs) do not know either like directly behind home plate i don't know but in the section behind that it's like 250 a seat i'd love that section too that the seats right behind home plate that have like look 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 very cushioned and and not yeah the ones that you see on tv i've never i've never yeah like my dad's taken me to the section behind that a couple of times, but never, never uh, those seats. No. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. you're you're taking away the experience of getting to see baseball by just basically pinching pennies like this. Um, like the players themselves, I think they're more approachable. You know, there's there's lots of great major league players that do go out of their way to interact with fans and everything like that, but. Uh, by and large, I think that minor league kids, because they don't have that money, they don't have su- that that success. They're just more normal people, I think. You know, 
you could have a full-blown conversation with the guys in the dugout sometimes if they just want to talk and they're bored or whatever. Not saying that the guys at the major league level are, you know, stuck-up assholes that don't want to associate with us poors, but I don't think that, you know, just just by by virtue of where everybody's located, you're not going to be able to have conversations with, you know, the, the, the Mets in the dugout. I'm pretty yeah. sure Brandon Nimmo would walk up to a random, if some yeah. random stranger <laughs> walked up to Brandon Nimmo on the street, he'd have a two hour long conversation and smile the whole time. Oh, definitely. Or like, I think Jerry Blevins used to take the train. Like, I bet if someone talked to Jerry Blevins, like after Jerry. a Mets game, be like, what's up, Jerry? He'd be like, what's up? How you doing? Well, they, they wouldn't recognize him. That's the thing. That, yeah, that's true too. But <laughs> how can you not write, the dude, the dude's weird looking. Like, his arms are just way too long. <laughs> like, hmm, I'm on the seven train. You look abnormally tall, strong, and athletic. You must yeah. be a player. But yeah, like I, I, as much as I love Major League Baseball, obviously, like the first game I ever went to was an independent league team. It was like a team in the Adirondacks, and um, like that level of baseball has always been something that's like so cool to me. And so like I wish it was funded. Like yes, it's like being flush with cash like makes Major League Baseball a little different. But I also wish it was funded more. Like these players should have living wages, and like you should be able to not have to like live in a two-bedroom apartment with six people or whatever the hell they do like Mm -hmm. they have to do crazy shit to survive basically and like i don't know like if you're gonna contract these teams then give me that but they are not gonna give me that because they're just gonna continue the status quo but like i don't know minor league baseball is fun i used to have cyclone season tickets and one of my favorite things about it is like seeing like oh i saw him in brooklyn as like an 18 year old when he's on the Mets, like it gave mm-hmm. me a bit of more of a connection to players. And that's why I like the minor leagues. Cause it gives me a little bit more of a connection when I'm like, Oh, I followed his career from when he was drafted. And now he's a Met. Like I remember like Lucas Duda being like getting drafted and stuff and watching him play. And then he was a Met and I was like, I remember him. You know what I mean? Like that stuff mm-hmm. is awesome. And like some kids are going to lose that cause they don't live in Brooklyn. They live upstate and they might never go to a Mets game because they live too far away and they probably went to a bunch of rumble ponies games and saw like Michael Conforto. And then like, you know, like now that doesn't happen anymore. And that's yep. Yep. Like, like, mo- like that's one of the biggest things on a, from a fan perspective for me. When, when minor league guys leave the stadium, it's not like they have like a secret players entrance that if you're lucky, you can see them. Like they, when the game's done, they just leave through the gates like yeah. everybody else. And, and 99% of the time they'll just sign anything that, people give to them because they're just like I don't want to say awestruck that like wow I'm here signing autographs but they like they get it you know like again not that major league players have big heads some of them do but I'm sure that most of them are regular people but it's just the level of access that you have to them yeah Mm. there's something special about the minors and Mm -hmm. like losing it sucks losing some of it sucks yep um, also, I, I think anyway, maybe it's just because, I mean, e- even Shea too, but like City, is a city field, it just kind of is, it's just there. Like, it's the Mets home, t- it, it's the, the home field, but it just sometimes feels just very blah. And really? Yeah, I love City. I like City. I, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with it, but it just doesn't feel like homey. It's just like a stadium, like, okay. Whereas... Like, all these minor league ballparks, they have so much more, like, soul, character, character like, just, just 
even like everything like city field the ads are for like pepsi party city delta toyota you know like obviously it costs a lot of money to get ads there so you're only getting major corporations you know you, you gotta the weird ads in minor league stadiums are great right exactly you, they're you so to... hyper local <laughs> and i'm <laughs> it's like the local like garage like car dealership has right. like a, has an ad in left center and you're like okay <laughs> You know, you have the local insurance people, the local radio stations, the local realtors, the car dealerships. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, they're all just kind of faceless businesses. But, you know, I'm probably not going to be going to any of them. But it just feels more right, I guess, to have local businesses advertising in the local area. And uh food choices, I think, is another thing. Like, the food at City Field is great. It's, you know... Nothing wrong with it, but it's just kind of like over expensive. Like oh, it's so expensive. Kind of oh yeah, well it's definitely over expensive. But it's just kind of like faces, like corporate chains. Uh, hey, uh, I, I, I'm not going to complain about Shake Shack and Blue Smoke and right, no, no. Being, all, or Milk Bar being at City Field. Uh, that's great. It's all good. It's all good. But there's a Shake Shack at City Field. Great. If there was a Shake Shack at Yankee Stadium, I don't know if there is, but it, it would is. be equally okay. So it would make sense equally there. It the food at Yankee Stadium sucks. Yankee, yeah. like, if you want like, to talk about a major awful. league stadium that sucks, Yankee Stadium is. Yeah, like you talk about being blah <laughs> and bland. Yeah, Yankee so Stadium bad. is just like a concrete bowl with nothing in it. And like, yeah. yes, we we're Mets fans, so we sound like a bunch of Yankee haters on the podcast. But I know Yankee fans who hate that place and like yes. the old one better. Like, yes. like I, I just think they did a very corporate job with it. And it's for a team that's so steeped in history, like we talked about before, like we us picking the the lesser of the two Tokyo teams. Like, how aren't you throwing all the the the, the twenty whatever World Series in everyone's faces? You know, like <laughs> like it should be a living monument to everything, but it's just like. It's, it's Here's like they some took walls. <laughs> like it's like they took Derek Jeter's personality and made it a stadium. <laughs> That's pretty us, yeah. And it's so annoying to me. Like even as I don't, I don't like the Yankees, obviously, but like, come on, have some fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like that's a good. Your that's idea a good... of fun isn't wandering around a empty mausoleum. No. <laughs> <laughs> Only on Wednesdays. <laughs> that's a good that's a, having fun that's a good example of what i mean when it comes with food like the food choices they're they're tasty and good and whatever but it's just all right whatever you can get them anywhere um for when i went money, to probably right yeah <laughs> for a lot less money you want when you I, want some freaking circus food though you want like right uh, exactly when i was in new, or new orleans a couple of years ago i saw the baby cakes i got a king cake burger which is just like a burger that has rainbow colored powder on it, so it looks like the king cakes that they have. What there. the hell? <laughs> yeah. In in Trenton, you can get like the, awesome. the you can get the Taylor hamburger and the Thunder Dog in in Trenton, which is the hot dog wrapped in the Taylor ham. At, oh, geez. what? Uh, you talk about examples of American excess, jeez. <laughs> do they do at, takeout? Oh I, God! They, 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 <laughs> they might. Are they on some seamless? Can I order this right and now? And they drive to the stadium. I'm not joking. They, they, might the actually, <laughs> they might actually be doing uh, takeout stuff because when I was looking up different like regional foods at minor league ballparks, I did see some articles about stadiums that were serving to the general public as takeout. That's awesome. So, Steve, yeah. it sounds to me like you need to become a fan of the Diamondbacks because they have like that ridiculous churro dog, like. 
the Diamondbacks have some serious circus food at their at their I, ballpark. I think the Mariners have really weird food too. Oh, they, have, they, they have those they have like crickets, which are actually yeah. very tasty. I've had them. I'd be too afraid. I would have to have someone tell me after that I ate a cricket. It, I mean, they're they're so small. <laughs> what would you think that you're eating? As you're I don't know. I'd be like, what is this? I don't know what it is. It, it doesn't. It. it doesn't like it's it's uh, so raisins. small and it's deep fried. Yeah, so it's, it's just raisins. like it's like eating um. Like, if you ever make fried chicken and some of the breading falls off in oh, the yeah. oil, like, oh, okay, it's like yeah. eating that, almost. And they're like, oh, yeah, I just ate a bug. <laughs> but, yeah, like, that stuff is fun, and I like that. I think more teams should do that. Like, be, yeah. be hyper-regional in what you're doing. Exactly. There's no reason why major league clubs can't do stuff like that. And some do do it better than others. But in the minor leagues, that's, like, in, in some cases, their, like, main attraction is, like, hey, we have this crazy food concoction that reflects this area. I know the, uh, what the hell are they? The Aberdeen, no. Is it the Aberdeen Ironbirds? Yeah. It is a, it is a, a Maryland team. But they have like, you can get like a bowl of, uh, of steamed crabs. Like a legit. <laughs> hell yeah. Thing of crabs. Hell, hell yeah, brother. I love, yeah, I love crabs. That's the most Maryland thing I've ever yeah, heard. Just yeah. a bowl of it. <laughs> Well, you're telling me going to see a Rangers game and getting the foul pole, which is a two-foot-long chicken tender, doesn't do it for you? <laughs> Not. I mean, I do like chicken tenders, and a two-foot-long one does sound pretty good. Yeah, yeah. The what? Fritos Pie Corn Dog. At, from, this is what is this? It's a churro in a bun. This is for. I, I'm like googling the craziest uh, uh, MLB foods now. There's some uh, wacky stuff out here. <laughs> But that's the kind of stuff that, when you're taking away minor league teams and mm. the minor league experience is, you know, is being erased from people's childhoods, yeah. which is unfortunate. I mean, minor league baseball is a much more family friendly experience, and and in a lot of cases, it's specifically done to attract families, or whatever, and it's just it's like. Like we said earlier, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. Or Major League Baseball is just shooting themselves in the foot to save a little bit of money in the now at the expense of, you know, 20 years from now, whatever. Uh, Allison will yell at us, I bet, if we don't mention the crab prize. Oh, at the Oriole? At a yeah, 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 yeah. Those look awesome. She sent yeah. pictures of them, and it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, <laughs> No, I'm not, I'm very not, I'm very much agreeing with your general point, Steve. But now yeah, I'm yeah. now I'm hooked on all these MLB ballparks that actually do <laughs> do this well. And you're right, the Mets don't seem to do this very well. No, it's just, I mean, I don't really know what they can necessarily lean into because New York is so multicultural that it kind Whole of does pizzas. See, I think yeah, that's like, kind of what they, they like. They they try yeah, to market it yeah. as like a trip around the world. So they have like bow, they have Mexican food, they have Italian food. Like I get that, but that also feels you're right that it feels a little corporate. Yeah. Um and also like I don't really want to eat a pizza at a baseball game if I'm being totally honest. That doesn't really feel like a, a baseball food to me. <laughs> you don't want to just fold a slice in half with like a with like a paper. Thomas, I'm also lactose intolerant, so <laughs> oh, no, no, I really I don't, don't want to do that at the ballpark. <laughs> Take like take take your lactose pills and go to town on a pizza. <laughs> Just like down the whole bottle and yeah. have at it. Yeah, I'll let I'll let you know how it goes. Totally worth it if it's the right pizza. Right? If it's good pizza, hell yeah. 
Uh, I yeah. I don't remember why I wrote this down. I have it in my notes. I wrote a story and I don't, I didn't actually connect it to, I think I actually forgot to erase it. And it's not connected to any point that I well, made Well, you've already told us, you've, you've teased us, so now you have to share. I know, yeah, no, it's, I wrote, it was maybe the seventh or eighth inning of a game that I went to last year at Kingsport. Wasn't necessarily a blowout, but Kingsport was done by lot, and odds were they weren't coming back. Everything was like winding down, uh, people starting to meander out of the park. And one of the guys from the bullpen came running back from the this concessions area with a giant-ass pile of french fries. <laughs> and he was acting like he had, like, a fucking treasure. That's awesome. I'm not really sure what that's connected to, but that's... I mean, french fries are delicious. They are. Yeah, I guess the, maybe, maybe... That's just this... funny stuff you see at a, in the minors that you won't see. Yeah, in, exactly. In I don't think they were going to see uh, Dom Smith running back <laughs> to the dugout with a giant... Trick tray, French fries. Yeah. All right. Um. So yeah, we uh we'll go into more detail about the the teams that the Mets will be missing in in the weeks to follow. But it just uh sucks that so many teams sucks that there's no season and that just it won't be uh won't be a season ever again for a lot of other teams. This is going to be like, obviously, people are going to remember this year for much more important reasons, but I feel like this is going to be a year that looks, that baseball fans look back on to see like, to say like, things really changed with the minor league system and like, how many people like maybe missed out on a important year of development and if injuries happen more because I'm a little worried about that, like pitchers ramping up really fast after not be, really being around and stuff like that, like, I don't know. I feel like this could be like a one of those years you look back on for obviously way more important reasons than baseball. I want to get that out there. Like I'm not saying baseball is just as important, but when we're able to talk about it, when you when everything is safer and we could talk about it as a whole, I think it's going to be one of those years where like, damn, Corona really messed with baseball, like yeah. more so than we thought at the time. Because I feel like outside of the other sports, like hockey is talking about trying to have a full 80 game season next year with another Stanley Cup in the summer instead of the spring and that'll change schedules but I don't think it would change like actual things about the game especially like maybe we get a DH from this and maybe we get other things like it it'll be interesting to see the the ramifications from it if there yep. how many there are I think this yep. baseball is specifically affected in that way I wonder if there's going to be uh if this is going to widen the gap between the baseball haves and have-nots, right? Because I think I think we've touched on this a little bit. Like there was obviously an analytics revolution, and the teams that were out in front of that benefited the most. I think yeah. we're in the midst of a player development revolution, and there are very much teams that are out in front on that in that area, like the Dodgers, or um, I think you could make an argument for the Rays. And now that we're going to have a season with no structured uh, minor leagues. I bet these teams that have invested more and, and planned more into the best way to develop players are going to be able to put together better plans for their uh, prospects who don't have a team to play on versus teams who have just said, yeah, you just go out and play some games and maybe it'll get better. Like, oh, uh, like, do, do good players figure it out from Omar. Right, ex- oh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what's their plan? Do the Mets have... Do, you, do we honestly think the Mets have sat down at any point and said, okay, there's no minor league season. How are we going to maximize the talent gain from our farm this year despite that? Or they I could say that. is that I know that they have 
sent some players in the system, you know, a lot of videos and things of that nature, but I don't know what, what is on those videos or how it is supposed to improve their, their profiles. So hitting for dummies. Yeah. I mean, that they, they could be. Yeah, but like Lucas, you're right. Like I don't, I don't trust the Mets, but I would trust the Rays and the Dodgers and the Yankees. Uh, their teams like that. They're sending Matthew Allen pin guy videos. <laughs> See that? Oh no! <laughs> See that? See, that's bad. Uh, that is very bad. All right. Well, if anyone has any questions, comments, whatever, you could send us an email at our email address from complex to queens at gmail dot com. You could follow us each on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Seiper. Lucas is at Elvlahos343. Ken is at KenLaffin91. And Thomas is at SadMetSeason, SZN. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Rate and review it. And, of course, thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week. But until then, love the Mets. Love the Mets.